It is another Thursday and the Big Go Bell podcast is back and we are live for all the people watching it on Twitter or people who may be reviewing or listening to this podcast. It is Thursday, May 28th. I am Two James, the host here, and I'm along with my good fellas, Will, Mr. Sears, and Jamal. Fellas, how you guys doing tonight? Okay. Doing all right. Another fine Thursday as we are reaching the end of May and heading into June. And maybe things are kind of starting to head on the uh, upswing, if we're lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we have a lot of good, interesting things to talk about um, this week. Um, a lot of good positivity. I mean, the wrestling community and the world took a huge hit um, over the last few couple of weeks if everything's happening in the world. So it's really good to really get back to some really positive things this week. I really, really do love um the all the positivity and support that's been being poured in the wrestling community with everything that's going on so um it's definitely good to see everything moving in the right direction on that note and let's continue to strive and push forward and throwing out all the positivity love and quit all the foolishness that's happening online um but the first thing i want to talk about really quick is a topic that you guys uh i didn't we didn't prep for this so I, but i i, I figured it'd be our wild card topic really quick and that question is, who do you think had the bigger signing this week? You had Deanna Peraza going to Impact Wrestling, and you had uh, formerly known as The Revival, uh, FTR, going to AEW. But which one of those signings do you think was the bigger signing for the company? Ooh, that is a good question, because they're different. Yeah. They're different in the respect that the revival or now known as FTR or formerly known as the revival or however you want to term them that them going to AEW and at least getting in the orbit of the young bucks has definitely been something that has been talked about for a long time and expected for a long time. And now it's finally here, but it's also in my mind, very much something that's a, it's a inside the bubble thing. If you're into that scene, if you, you have to know all about what's going on with that scene that to be something big for you it's not something that resonates beyond that and i think we've discussed a lot on here that we're very curious about what the long-term prospects for those guys are once they get past that diana on the other hand is young and has not really been in a position to be overexposed in really any kind of way in any one company so diana has a huge future in front of her that really anywhere she'd go right now that would be the case and with impacts women's division really just being taken to the next level and just like just stacked with talent she's got a lot of potential there a lot of potential so i think they're different they're different in a lot of different ways i think both of them i think the key thing is this you can make a case for either one being a, a big big signing and having a lot of potential but really in the end we're not going to know the answer to that for a good few months to know how the two of them, either one of them pan out, but they each have strengths and they each have weaknesses. But in a lot of ways, God, the more I think about it, I'm like, I, I got to give you one. I've, I've been long winded here about this. I'm almost kind of thinking Deanna just mm. because there's so much more question marks surrounding her. We don't, you know, we haven't seen as much of her like we've seen of the revival. So in a lot of ways, I'm really curious to see how she pans out in impact. What you know, do you think, well, silly? 
I, I was going to agree right with you, Will. You was heading exactly the talk that I wanted to go to because when you think of Deanna and you think of the women's movement, I would say, that, that Impact is doing, they're really building up their strong women's roster. And when you think about what AEW wanted to do when they came out, they wanted to really hit on tag team wrestling. So it's like, do you make your tag team division stronger with AEW or does your women's division stronger come with Deanna? But I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Deanna. Only reason why I think she has bigger potential for that boom or bust mentality with that woman's division and what she could be as a top person or close to the top person in that division. I think FTR is just going to solidify a strong division, but they won't move the division per se in AEW. So I'm going to go with Deanna here um, as a more boom or bust and not just for the women's division, but for impact in general. I think this type of signing with impact is going to try to keep them competing low key as everybody's shifting back to getting live shows or whatever their live shows will be in the next couple of months. But I think this is really big for impact to make sure they make Tuesday nights a strong night instead of just, you know, Monday or Wednesday or Fridays. Yeah. I think in general, we don't know. I mean, it's like uh drafting a draft pick on paper. You could say that they're expected to do this, this, and this, and they're should do this, this, and this, but realistically, uh, how will the writing go? How will the matchups go? How will this, so everything has to fall into place for both sides. And right now, sight unseen before they even, they literally just signed the uh, contract. So we can't even say, you know, based on anything, who's going to have the bigger impact. Realistically, I don't really see either of them running away with it because the Wimpack Women's Division is arguably the best in North America. And the AEW tag team division is is the best in North America. So it's not like you're adding that one component that either side was missing. Mm-hmm. So the real question is, will they leave up, live, will they live up to the hype that preceded them? And I think right now, that's a longer way to go than them taking over, you know, a, a division either way. So the, the, the shorter answer is don't know, but a longer answer really will be in six months. How will we view this question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look for me, I, I think it's a no brainer. Um, the re- revival going to AEW was in the books a long time ago, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, contract paper or pen on paper, uh, ink on paper. We knew that that was going to happen. It happened and it happened the way we, you know, probably suspected it was going to be their tag team division was already strong. I didn't get the same type of feel for this signing. Like I got when Pentagon and a Phoenix signed, where it was like, okay, that was unexpected. That does really does solidify their goal of saying we got a legitimate tag team. Um, but like, like Marcel said, I think it strengthens their tag team. I don't think it ultimately tips the, 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 the scale. Mm-hmm. Yep. Deanna going to Impact is a different story. Didn't see it coming out of nowhere. Um, her ceiling is super high because, like you say, we haven't really seen this character really manifest to the stardom. It it definitely can um, can grasp. And from a brand that's still trying to pull viewers back in from the TNA days, I think this is a name with a lot of buzz, a lot of potentials that just make sense to a division that's already continued to grow. And I only could think that with somebody like Deanna signing can only but lure more people to want to come considering that, hey, we've seen Deanna come from a situation. 
She had a really good run in the Mae Young Classic. We didn't really get to see much of her after that. Age threw on the main roster for a little while, and then she went away. It's just nothing. I mean, she was even in the UK for a little bit. Never seen her potential grow. And in my eyes, I feel like that's just mishandling um, a lot of potential and so on. I think if somebody knew they came out of a situation that quite didn't work, they would only sign if they had a lot of confidence that this was going to work. Now she's already worked ROH, uh, WWE. Going here just seems to have made sense for her. Because, again, AEW had to have been on the table. Mm-hmm. But why would she pick one or the other? And I think it has a lot to do with uh, the, 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 the insurance that, you know, her character is going to be handled and used correctly the way that she needs it to go. And the platform and the possibilities are, are there for her. So initially right now, I'm definitely saying Deanna's one. And, I, and also, again, not only is this just a good move for her, it's a good move for the fans because now I'd see more interest in people wanting to see what's going on over there now. You guys have made a signing four weeks in a row. Kimberly, Tasha Steeles brought back Sue Young, Crazy Steve, and now Deanna. Who's next week <laughs> at this rate? So um, I think that's I think that's a, a definitely an interesting sign for them. Um, but let's talk about AW Double or Nothing that mm-hmm. happened this past Saturday. Their pay per view, their annual pay per view, happened in Jacksonville, Florida, instead of um, Vegas because of reasons. They still gave you the Vegas feel as best as they can. I mean. If you didn't know no better, they was outside to go to Nugget because they, <laughs> they really did their best in trying to do that. Now, I'm cool with that. I'm absolutely cool with that. Um, but, yes, they had wrestlers around the ring. They had a little bit of fans out there. Um, I don't know if the, I don't know if some fans were mic'd up, but I was hearing them like they were they were here with me. <laughs> they were bright and clear. But um, overall, what's your initial thoughts of the pay-per-view? And obviously, we got to talk about um, the, the main event of that night. But I'll start with you, Will. What was your initial thoughts of the pay-per-view? From what I saw of it, I did not see every single match, but I saw a good chunk of the show. Um, the biggest thing AEW has had going for it since they started doing these shows with the with the wrestlers in attendance is just the vibe and the atmosphere for their shows has been really good compared to what we've been seeing on the other side. That changed a little bit this week, and we'll get to that coming down the pike. But their pay-per-view had a great atmosphere right from the beginning. Doing the show at Daly's Place like they've been doing. It's a nice, large size venue. Great sound in there. Um, of course, everyone on that roster is going to go all out, whether it was the ladder match that opened the show that was just, you know, t- full of crazy darn bumps, whether it was the Cody going for the TNT title. So you had that well built up match between him and Lance Archer. Dean Am, no, wait, I almost messed up. John Moxley. <laughs> John Moxley. We will get the name right here. Mr. Moxley defending the uh, AEW championship. That was another one that was, uh, we, we talked about it last week. That match came very quickly. It came very quickly for Brody Lee and almost too quickly, it seemed. And that match had a creative finish, to say the least. So I think they did a lot of interesting creative things. And if we're talking creative, you can't not talk about the stadium stampede. I think we should all give our thoughts on the rest of the show first. Then we can discuss the stadium stampede because that was a creature unto itself and quite the spectacle to say the least. So whoever wants to jump in next about the rest of the show, get on in here. Yeah. The one thing so, I want to talk about that. Oh, I'm sorry. The one thing you want to talk wait, about wait, that wait. you didn't talk about, uh, Will, was yeah. the the ladder match for the chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought that was an interesting concept because what I was looking at this pay-per-view, because I know they had gimmicks within it, of course, 
But how would those gimmicks com- be compared to other similar gimmicks, especially if one person in the AEW created the a gimmick that was in WWE? And I'm talking about the Money in the Bank match. And with that chip match, when you had everybody come in like one by one, and had two people at the time, and every so often, you know, somebody new would come into the ring. I thought that was an interesting component for it to happen. And I thought it was very well done. Um, that way it could be a little bit different, but still similar of the spectacle of how that chip will mean for a title match later. Um, that's the only side piece I would talk about in addition to what you said, Will, because definitely my money was on that stadium stampede that I would like to talk about. But go ahead, Jamal. Go ahead. Your shot. Uh, yeah, so I I too I didn't mind the uh, Royal Rumble in the Bank Casino Battle Royale ladder match. Um, it was it was fine for what it was. Um, overall, the pay per view was interesting. Um, I really didn't care for Cody versus Archer. I you know, I have no interest in either of those two guys. Um, I can't watch John Moxley. I think he's terribly boring. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would rather read old newspapers than watch a John Moxley match. And, of course, the stadium stampede uh, stole the show. But I think that's a thing that we aren't – that people aren't really giving enough credit was the women's match. That was fantastic. And the way that story was told, a lot of people – well, not a lot of people, but I've seen some people upset that uh, Nyla run the lost the championship too quickly. I've seen some people upset that – she just give her the championship, uh, you know, undeservedly right now. And I think it makes sense. You know, Nyla Rose only had a match or two um, since she's been locked down somewhere around here because she's in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why she wasn't able to make shows, but other people were, but she wasn't. And it is what it is, but you can't hold that against her. However, you still got to move on. So having like a soft reset, giving the championship to a baby face, reestablishing, you know, some of the division for what it is. Uh, I think AEW's women division is, I don't, I don't want to say it's the best it's ever been because they definitely still have a ways to go. Only getting two matches on dark and one match on dynamite a week does not progress to the division when the rest of the show is all about the men. Um, but it's still a matter of they have something to build on now. Nyla Rose is pissed, and if you've seen her on Twitter talk about, talking about Britt Baker, she's <laughs> super pissed. Um, Britt Baker is really coming to her own as, like, the female Jericho-type uh, heel. Um, <laughs> even after her, um, you know, broken leg, that was uh, a thing. And, you know, these – and, and I hate you know what? I heard she was a dentist, uh, you know, recently. Who knew? No kidding. Who knew? But, you know, the good doctor is really coming into her own. And then we saw um, Allie come back for the first time in what seems like forever with the Witcher and the Blade. But independent of them, we don't know what's going on there. I'm actually talking about the women's division as a point of I want to know what happens next. And that's, mm-hmm. I haven't been able to say that since basically October when Rio beat Nala Rose the first time. So... Good on them. Uh, still put more attention into the women's division. They're still missing, you know, that really big, you know, I don't want to say star because I can't think of a game changer for the women's wrestling. Like, period. Well, and that's I, unfortunate. Go ahead, buddy, I, go ahead. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to bounce off of you a little bit. 
I, I feel much like we felt uh, about a year ago where we knew there was a lot of underlying talent on this roster and we just were waiting to see where do they go. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single time that they have a uh, uh, the, the chance and the platform to do so, they show out this period. When the time is given, they show out each and every time. But it's more like a shot instead of a drink. You get it and then you're just done. Mm. You know what I mean? And I would love to see more longevity into some of the some of the character building uh and, and, and giving them more spotlight consistently. Um, you know, it's for like one week we may get one, but next week maybe not. <laughs> and then the week after that, you get a lot. You know, you know, I I'd rather see a lot of and, and again, because there's stars here, they're, they're not developmental people. These people have been w- really working all over the, the, the world. And I think a lot of the Lord of them going to AEW is like, hey, I want, you know, the, the, the television platform in order to do what I can do. And I know they, they recognize that, but it's like you're not getting it consistently uh, for me. So, again, I feel much like I felt last year, optimistic on talent that I know. You know, it's going to work. I, I know there's going to be a bad comparison, but maybe it's going to work for some people. But it feels like when the Miami Heat signed LeBron James, uh, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade in that mm. first year, they just did not get it together. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it was just, they were off and running. It was it was showtime down in South Beach. And that's what I feel about this roster is that every single time that you give a little bit, you get a little bit, you know they're going to do it. But can, now you got to give them the platform consistently and they'll just continue to get better and better. And to Nala Rose, too. Um, as much as I like Nala Rose as a champ, I really like Nala Rose as the the the, the contender chasing Pacer, as yeah. the heel. I really, really like that. Um, and I really love how they took Britt Baker's injury and didn't sweep it under the rug, but said, hey, let's run this. And good thing for her, because I, I don't know, I was reading somewhere that she might be out for like a year. She's like, I'll be back double or nothing. So uh, I mean, all out, excuse me. And that's good. That's good for her considering, you know, the, the, the injury itself, looking at it. Um, and then, uh, you know, the rumors about what the injury was. But um, I love how they're going to, again, they're going to still continue to run that story. Um, I, I love how they ran it, actually, in in, in this entirety. But, um, yeah, again, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I just want to see a little bit more consistent. Uh, keep Keep providing the platform to do so. And they'll be fine. Their new champ is uh, Kyle Shida is going to be amazing, amazing, amazing match with Chrissy James on um, on AEW Dynamite, and the show's just getting started there. So I'm definitely excited about that. But quickly, for me, for um, for uh, the um, uh, what's the name of the pay per view? <laughs> Double or nothing. Excuse me. Um, yeah, there was a lot to talk about but i'm just gonna just talk about one particular thing right now and that's the belt that i'm just not a fan of the design <laughs> and i already know people go but it's not the completed design blah 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 okay so here's my thing here's my thing to you guys if the belt wasn't complete and it was an essential part of the story obviously brought mike tyson in you're not bringing mike tyson out of vegas unless you got that money because we know con has that money if they could bring Mike Tyson out of Vegas during this to get the job done, but the belt wasn't ready to go, is there any other way they could have swung the presentation so they did not have to present it at all? Because I think that it shows. I'm not really sure the word, but I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of if that's not it, and this is just the the, the beta version of it. I don't feel like. Um, 
the moment was captured in the way they entitled by you know by half assing it you know what i mean mm-hmm. the, story, the story of that match online at least in social media became you see that damn belt as opposed to oh cody won all right. the focus was on that damn belt <laughs> as opposed to like what actually happened that like became the one top thing that people were talking about from the moment they saw the damn thing so like it did it became a distraction as opposed to an enhancement. And I don't know what happened. If the thing is really not done, like they're saying, or I'm as, really I not mentioned, that, or as I mentioned, I said in our group chat, what's the possibility that maybe they got that design delivered to them. And then once they saw it in person, they're like, Oh, we don't yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. We want to redo, you know, and that's, what's really going on here. Who knows? But yeah, the, the AEW TNT title situation definitely uh, overshadowed the match itself. I would say no, no, no doubt about that. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, we're talking about Khan and everyone knows how much money he makes besides me, apparently, because everyone was talking about he has all the money in the world, I guess. But that's the, if that's the thing, got all the money in the world, then you should be able to move heaven and earth to get this product done. If this is the main thing, you got the, 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 the network support of it, his own funding. I don't, a lot of it just don't make sense to me. Like, for instance, if if I was engaged, because it's a contract, obviously, if I was contracted to, to do this and I'm for unable to fulfill this, why would I work on part B because I can't get part A done? I don't understand <laughs> how that, how does that, how's that even acceptable? And then even if I was the person to have that blunder, I wouldn't be online like, hey, everybody, here's the real look of it. It'll be there eventually. Like, if you got all the time to show what the real one is, that's why, like, a part of me is like, I'm not buying it. I think it's just a bad design, and it just didn't go over well. And everybody's like, oh, no, oh, no. Now everybody, you know, (laughs) all of the white knights out there are just like, yeah, that's not the real belt, and somebody's running some fake story about it. So, uh, (laughs) real real or fake, whatever I saw on Saturday was trash. I just don't think (laughs) it's Okay, so I want to give a little context to something like that. So, I've... You all know I've worked in nonprofit work, so we do benefits. So we give awards and plaques. So we have to put these things in the system to whomever's making it, maybe two to three months in advance right. to get a, a respectable looking piece of hardware out to the recipients. Um, that belt literally looks like someone woke up on a, on Thursday, said, hey, this is a concept. I need a concept belt. And we'll just fix it as we go. And the minute I saw it brought out, I said, this is 24-7 brought up all over again. And then we talked about in the group chat. It is literally AEW's version of the 24-7 title. <laughs> and, and you're right. Well, it's taking away from Cody's win. But at the same time, it's the belt does look stupid. <laughs> Co- Co- Cody can't win. Cody cannot win at this point. If it wasn't a tattoo at first, now it's a belt. <laughs> And if it wasn't that, it was him going over Lance Archer for the people that didn't like that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did everybody get their points in before I, I add another point in there? That's I, shame, this I like the belt. Oh, no, you didn't. There's no way you did. Okay, there is. What did you like about <laughs> it? Um, number one, um, the belt. It's designed, it's, you know, plays an homage to the NWA TV title, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. Um, it has, yeah, it has, like, the, um, on the side plates is, like, the old uh, Ted Turner's, like, plantation that he had, um, which was, which was kind of cool. And, of course, it's the big TNT logo, so, you know, that's a thing. Um, it's 
unique. Not in that, like, obviously, it definitely looks like they, you know, took some tinfoil and polished it out and then you know, wrote a TNT <laughs> logo on there with a T-square. But I do <laughs> think that there is well. something to the belt itself. Um, it's not supposed to be a main title. You know, it is literally a secondary title. And I don't think, yeah, I mean, it looks just as good as like the European or light heavyweight belt, you know, nothing super flashy, but it is different. And I think that for what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to look like a secondary title. Mm. And that, and I think for that purpose, it actually serves very well, whether it's finished or not. And if the finished product looks, you know, wildly different and it has all these diamonds and rubies and stuff like that on it, well, then that's silly because it's not the main belt. Big Platinum is Big Platinum for a reason. The TMT <laughs> belt true. is not to be confused with Big Plat. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, and I think that unfortunately, people give the internet a lot more credit than they deserve because gives a shit what what the belt looks like. It's supposed to be about the match, but then if basically, and this is what it comes down to, after that match. If your main thought was that belt looks ugly, I think they designed it on Minecraft or whatever stupid <laughs> shit this guy. Then you weren't interested in the match anyway. But because, but you know, no, I'm saying, like nobody watches WrestleMania 12, <clears throat> the Iron Man match, and goes, "I don't like the design, the wings, it's too much." No, the match was the match, and it was awesome, and that's what you talk about. I don't care if they gave him a brick that said WWF champion on it. That match is one of the greatest of all time. And granted, the Cody Archer match was not great. The build was not great. And because the belt was not great to people, that gave them something else to talk about. So I think that's just the product of a bad build. Leave the belt alone, damn it. It's, it's a good looking belt. I'll, I'll, I'll take MJF's ring over the belt. And also Thank that you. belt, instead of a secondary belt, looks more like the six-man title of the year. It's just not good to me. I, but you know what, though? You make good points, but I will say because you brought up the internet, the internet are also the same people who are ready to ridicule a match because the crowd isn't there. And I also think that's silly as well, too. As well as like, I, I, the belt's the belt. I don't think it has nothing to do with the match. But you're absolutely right. There's people that's like, I didn't like, the, I didn't like the match because of the belt. Or the belt was the only thing I paid attention to as far as uh, the match. But at the same time, too, I mean, they did build this whole moment up for the Mike Tyson presentation and you bring an iron Mike into a ring, you know, after Mike verbally said out of his mouth that he doesn't do anything competitive because it turns him to his alter ego that he just that person he can't control. And I seen flashes of old Mike in that ring on dynamite, him bouncing around a little bit. So you do all that to get Mike Tyson back in the ring, regardless of it's a boxing ring, wrestling ring, whatever it is, get him back in that element. You build that hype up, then a new belt, and then the belt just falls flat. More like well, Mike Tyson here. I'm, I'm a yawn on that one. Yeah, all, it of did. It, all of it fell flat. Like there wasn't a single component of it yeah. that didn't supersede the fact that the belt looked mm-hmm. weird to people. Mike, Mike Tyson yawned it off. Right. Let me, so, let, me, let me add this too, though, real quickly, though. And you made a good point, uh, Tutu James. I'm wondering when any of these wrestling promotions may want to get away with belt. You mentioned the ring. I was thinking maybe something for the TV title could be, and I'm just throwing this as a as a as a side piece. A direct TV okay. dish. 
Or yeah, that too. Or, <laughs> or Lombardi Trophy, right? So you got the con. Yeah, this type's like impromptu Lombardi Trophy. This is your TV title. So every time you're on TV, you got to carry this Lombardi Trophy or something like that. It could be another prop other than a belt. If you want to be a golden remote. We bringing back the UWF TV title medallion. What about a wrestling jacket? Like it's a championship like it. jacket, a varsity jacket. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, that would be dope. The um, Masters does it. Yeah, I would. I would love that. Actually, that'd be pretty dope. Also, good thing they got this TNT di- title done, regardless of how it's done. Because the way how HBO Max is just taking over and and mm-hmm. all their affiliates, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd be like, you know what? Let's rebrand that to the HBO Match. Heavyweight championship. Oh, at this oh, right. Max oh. championship. Yep. They wasted no time <laughs> getting that apron. They wasted Same. no Same. time getting that apron down there for them. Like they, I think the first commentary uh, uh segment, they promoted it right away. So but, but uh, they work together. I mean it's not surprising. Yeah, it's more it's more media, but I'm just surprised right. that their reach went as far as TNT to say, Hey, we need you to promote this too. That's almost like saying, Do you expect Cartoon Network to do plugs? But Cartoon Network is very specific and they can't legally advertise on on certain things. Like you can't advertise. Uh, actually, it's the opposite way. You can't advertise adult content on Cartoon Network. So it doesn't matter what HBO Max is doing unless they prevent uh, present like all the kids shows that they have on there. Yeah. You're not going to see no. like right. this- you're not going to see yeah, the Sopranos advertise the Cartoon Network. Yeah, they got yeah. the new they got the new Looney Tunes. Not Looney Tunes. Is it Looney Tunes? Yeah, they have Looney yeah. Tunes on it. Yeah, the it. new it's original Looney Tunes. Yeah. Well, they yeah. should because it's the Warner Brothers thing. Yeah, yeah. they got a new mm-hmm. original set. I haven't checked yep. it out. Right, so that, that, that's all well and good. But what my point is, is that when when Dynamite first started, where did you see commercials for Dynamite? You saw them on, in movie theaters. You saw them, because I don't yeah. ever see a yeah. commercial for Dynamite in, at an AMC theater. Yeah, you saw right. them on other, you know, um, and on programming, they had, you know, the NBA on, on TNT promoting those guys. Yep. They had everybody, you know, other media promoting those guys. So, yeah, synergy, I think, is the corporate word for it. And that's what they want to do. So it makes sense. HBO Max yeah. is brand new. Mm. And just because you're HBO, no one, especially right now, is too big to fail. Mm-hmm. So if HBO has to run a 45-second spot, Three times an hour mm-hmm. on Core TV or True TV. Goddamn it, they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. By the way, so I formally introduced Damien Salty G has joined the show for tonight. What's up, dude? What's going on, everybody? Uh, just for preface, they did show Double or Nothing at the restaurant in question. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That restaurant is the goat, Damien. So, <laughs> so Tricky Fish over here in Richardson just. They did show it. Uh, With no social distancing, right? <laughs> not much of social distancing because that balcony was packed. And they were showing it inside. So they were literally showing the event. I did not partake. I did not go inside. I stayed true to what I said I was going to do and watched it from the restaurant next to it. away from everybody else. My it man. Worked. Real quick, give me the live response to this. Since this was like, we talked about all the stuff that was weird about the show. Let's hear about what they got really, really right. The Darnum Stadium Stampede. What was the oh, crowd was reaction to that at the bar? Okay, so the people that were on the patio were half drunk by the time it got there. So all you heard was a lot of cackling, a lot of WTF, and a lot of armchair kind of booking about the way Sammy Guevara of all people was being treated. Uh, I, I spoke to one woman after the fact, and she loved it. She said this is what she's going to get her husband into wrestling because 
Uh, apparently, her husband did not like wrestling going forward into it, but long story short, the crowd seemed to like it. I think the biggest thing about the um, uh, the Stadium Stampede was they did exactly what I wanted them to do. This is what I wanted from WrestleMania. This is what I they, they painted the football field, the end zones with the logo. They had the giant um, AEW logo at the 50-yard line. They had the, you know, all these other football-related things where Jericho pulled out a red challenge flag and challenged the actual replay, and they went to replay. Yeah, I love um, that. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so, like, so. all of those things, all of those things were great. It, it had no right being as good as it was, but this is exactly what... This is exactly what I was looking for. They have the stadium right there. It's all connected. And honestly, it was a seamless transition between the taped product and the live show. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that it was taped the day before, but mm-hmm. there was no way. Uh, that. And I watched that transition a few times. I couldn't tell when they started the tape and when they ended the live portion of it. So just really, really, really kudos to it. Um, you know, the open and charge, like in every, you know, great battle movie, um, the Lake of Reincarnation Club uh, deck pool. And if anything, if anything, Jacksonville isn't a marquee city. It's the Indianapolis of Florida. But <laughs> it makes me, but that stadium looks a lot better than I remember it. Quick, 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 quick question. When did they do the, re- the renovations? Was it last year? They did I renovation. Was, I thought it was two years ago when they added the giant scoreboard. Okay, and obviously that pool was never there because I, mm. I mean, everybody, mm. knows, everyone knows about the stadium with the pools, yep. you know. And that's I've no never heard nobody. Me neither. So that caught me off guard. I was like, "Whoa, the pool!" But it, I, it's cool, and it's a draw. It's definitely a yeah. draw. Get your VIP package and get the pool. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jacksonville Jaguar tickets can't be going anywhere uh, remotely high or uh, even mid-average in the NFL. They got they got to win some games first, but. And to the, a lot of the points that you made up, I definitely had – I thought it was really good. Matt Hardy is just a natural. I loved getting to see uh, him go to his different versions of himself in it. And then um, LAX, I mean, those dudes, man, they've they they they've been they've been working hard for moments like that forever. And mm-hmm. I know we, we talked about this in our group chat, but golly, that WCW versus NWO <laughs> – I mean, WCW <laughs> NWO versus the world, that spot of throwing Kenny Omega backstage, I didn't pick it up initially. But when I, I saw them – I was dead. I was so dead. I was so dead. I was so dead. Um, Quickly, really quick. I just want to apologize really fast. We had a small little echo, but we got it worked out in the middle of the show. So definitely apologize for that. And uh, we're going to come up on our break in a little bit. And if you haven't been following us on our break, we like to play a little game called Celebrity Cameo. Or what have we been calling it? Because I feel like we haven't been calling it that. Last we week we were going with Hilo Cameo. Yeah, Hilo Cameo. That's, no that's one called it that but you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, Hollow Cameo, where we go on Cameo.com, look up celebrities, and we play a little game to see what people are charging out there in the world. We had a lot of fun with this. I think it's a nice little soft transitional point that we have in our show before we get back deep into um, the wrestling topics. But right before we get to that, I have a quick comment to make about um, about the uh, stadium stampede. So again, one other thing. I really did love the entrance as climatic as they made that. I it, it got me instantly invested. There was a lot of characters um within this match and it, they utilized it by all means. And really pulling in the football aspects of it was really, really uh cool. 
But talking about the pool, now I did hear this, but I have not went to check to confirm. But apparently the pool segment has been scratched from the replay. Huh. Um, oh, really? I've heard that it's been scratched from the replay because the symbolic factor based on events that happened in the wrestling the world. timing of it. Yeah. There were, there, were, there were a few people at night making issue of the idea that it was too closely following the untimely passing of Shad Gaspar. Okay. Yeah. There was definitely people saying it, but I, I hadn't heard if it was yanked. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've heard it was yanked. I haven't went to confirm, but um, I thought that was an interesting thing because that was a really bright point um, in that match, and it mm-hmm. really highlighted. I mean, because everyone got their, their moments in. Um, to really let their character and their gimmick shine. I thought that was Matt Hardy's moment. And, you know, for the people that felt like it was, uh, you know, really bad timing and, and so on, it's, it's it's a shame that some people may not get to see it on the replay if it's been removed. But I do understand that, you know, that's the safe decision uh, for them. Um, but well, I did quickly, quickly jump in. It still exists for sure. In gift form. And the big thing, remember when we talked about that match last week, the biggest thing I was looking for, I was thinking like, it's not going to necessarily be the greatest match ever, but it was damn good. No doubt about mm-hmm. that. I mean, if anything, it outperformed what I expected. Same. But the big thing I was looking for was memeable moments. And that mm-hmm. match had a ton of them, uh, just yep. crazy moments in it that were instantly could be turned into gifts and put out all over the place. Whether it was Hangman on the horse, Hangman and Kenny at the bar with the whiskey and the milk, the pool scenes, the finish with them coming off the top of the balcony. Mm-hmm. There was so much stuff like that, that that match achieved the meme aspect, I think, perfectly. So even if they have to yank the pool stuff, it people saw it. It lives on. It's out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. That I think was the biggest home run of that match was just the publicity it generated. Absolutely, especially compared Absolutely. to Money on the Roof from a couple weeks ago. Totally, no, oh, it, totally. It, <laughs> it achieved it. Money on the roof. I was like, what? What is he talking about? Oh uh, yeah. So anyway, we're going to take our quick little break. Um, and although this is live, it's not actually going to be a break. It's just a quick little pause, do some plugs and some um, and a little bit of promotional work, really quick. And then we're going to move over to the cameo portion of it. But because we are live, this is just an initial soft moment in the show where we just go and have some fun, get off the topics a little bit. And that's when we start high, low cameo. Hey, this is 2 Chains, the host of the BGB podcast. Be sure to visit us on YouTube and subscribe for additional content. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Go Belt podcast on iTunes and all audio platforms. Visit BigGoBeltGroup.com, the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs, and connect with us on all social media platforms. Uh, who named that, by the way? Who, who, who's who's Ronzo? Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And he's the host of that of that segment anyway. So, uh, Jamal, yes. what do we got for tonight? Um, so, tonight is going to be a wrestler versus other celebrities. Mm. Okay. Sasha Banks is the wrestler. Aha. Is she selling her cameo higher or lower than Ron Jeremy? <laughs> I gotta go right off the bat. I gotta go higher because I think the WWE ladies, especially the more well-known ones like Sasha, 
I think they know they have that audience, they have that clout, and they have people who will open their wallets and pay a premium. And only people say in our I, age bracket know who Ron Jeremy really is. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, where the hell has Ron Jeremy? <laughs> Good to know he's alive. I was like, so I, heard, I swear I haven't heard of this, of this guy in I, I don't know. He's actually <laughs> been a, a coach from what people have told me. He coaches adult film stars. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Oh, <laughs> in the tricks of the trade, so to speak. Essentially, yes. <laughs> so well, higher or lower. Well, there's nothing the in that industry that's cheap, so I'm definitely going to say he's higher here. I'm going to say Sh- Sasha's higher. I'll say Sasha. Sasha at, at $100, Ron Jeremy, lower than Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. All yep. right. Yep. A lot, a lot lower. But continuing on, higher or lower than Sasha Banks? Actor Ooh. Tom Sizemore. Lower. <laughs> mm. He's yeah. been in some things. I mean, I'm not saying that he's, you know. Unless he's got to, a rehab to, bill to pay for. Lower. To his yeah. audience, Tom Sizemore is a big deal. Tom Sizemore is a name, but I can't think of much of anything recently right. notable. And that's the key to me. It's like cameo is about now. So I got to say lower. I got to say lower too. Sasha. Uh, yes, you, you are right. At $125, that is lower than <laughs> Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. That's right. I, didn't, I almost gave out how much she is. But no, Sasha Banks uh, is higher or lower than Wesley Snipes. Oh, now we're getting into May. Oh, now we're getting right. good. Okay. Wesley now, higher. now, now the Wesley question is, is yeah, Wesley probably is still under Paying tax. Wesley Snipes is charging the same amount as Marlon Wayans. Oh, then it's definitely higher. It's definitely higher than Sasha. Mm, Without question. It's a tough one. No hesitation. Lower. I'm gonna go lower too with Damien. I'm going Wesley. I, I, I don't think it's. I think it's close though. Not by much. Lower. Higher. At five hundred dollars. Oh wow. Wesley Snipes and Marlon Wayans are higher than Sasha Banks. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. Please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. And, and yeah. the winner of that one, the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep keep going. Yep. Uh, you know Sasha Banks. Higher or lower than Michael Blackson? Oh, <laughs> see, so he's such a comedian. We he's know for fact he is a comedian. He's such a jokester, shall I say? We know he's definitely trying to charge top tier. I'm definitely going to say he's charging higher than Sasha Banks. I'll say lower. lower. Now, now that we now that we know the five hundred dollar figure, that's lower than that, but higher than two hundreds. I'm going to go lower. I say he's at one seventy five. At $275, oh. he is lower than Sasha Banks. Whoa. Oh, lower. 275 yeah. lower. Okay. Another higher or lower actor, Tom Felton. You may know him as Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. He's done some other stuff mm. after that. But but Draco Malfoy is kind of a big deal. Would he be higher or lower than Sasha Banks? Lower. Higher. Lower. lower. I, he's definitely going to aim towards the, the kids here, so lower. Yeah, I'm going to go lower, too, even with the Harry Potter connection. Well, higher. I'm undefeated right now. I'm not going to miss. <sighs> well, you missed. <laughs> $288. Oh, 
That's precise. <laughs> yeah, it is. He is still lower than Sasha Banks. Creating birthday moments. Sasha's Bye. charging a premium. I am very proud. Sasha don't Sa- love the kids. I got my guess on Sasha, her value. But I'm going to wait a little bit. Higher or lower than Sasha Banks uh, YouTuber, JoJo no. Siwa. Oh, no, JoJo. <laughs> we know the YouTubers. You know the YouTubers live, living in their own world. So definitely higher here. And the YouTubers probably yeah. at like $1,000. Yeah. Lower. JoJo's not hot a commodity as she once was. Lord knows even my daughter is sick of her. So by oh. still higher. <laughs> I still think higher. At four hundred dollars. Oh my God, she is higher than Sasha Banks. Okay. Okay. Man, uh, you just got money. <laughs> uh, well, not all of them. Um, uh, last one. Last one. Higher or lower than Sasha Banks? Former host of the Late Late Show, Craig Kilborn. <laughs> <laughs> and Sports Center anchor. <laughs> yeah. Keyword former. That's a chill fifty dollar come up for him. Nothing more. Is it? I'm gonna say this is our push. They're dead even. Ooh, no way. He's I like it. I'm gonna go with the push. I, I actually, I actually, no. It's higher or lower. There is no push. Okay, no push. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay. Lower, okay. lower, 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 lower. Yeah, lower. Now, now, to your point, you said that you know, hey, this, these people only we know who he is. That's why Craig Kilborn is charging nine hundred dollars. <laughs> he don't. He don't. Re, he really don't want to be doing the cameo. Quality <laughs> over quantity. Oh my! Craig goodness. Kilborn is charging more than Sonal Lathan, Ric Flair, Doctor Oz, Terry Bradshaw, Norm Macdonald, and Ice T, and Sasha Banks. How much is wow. Sonal Lathan getting? Five hundred dollars. Not bad. Yeah, that's that's not bad for her. If she has a basketball and shoots it, I'll, I'll probably get it. All right, so we so we know the price range now. So to wrap it up, what is Sasha Banks' price tag now that we know the range it's in? If you really got? want, if you really want to talk to Mercedes Vernado, also known as <laughs> Sasha Banks, and you have the funds, can we take guesses first? Sure. I'm uh, gonna abstain because of what happened in the group chat. Because I know. No, oh, okay. you already know it. Oh, uh, give, give, this, give, give, this guy. In the range we're in, I'm going three bills. This Keep guy. 300. Yeah, I, I think she probably got an odd, really odd number. So I'm going to go something around like 325. So we have 325. We have 315 300. and 300. Yep. And so, Damien DQ'd. At $375. Yeah. Oh, that was my second guess. You can go ahead and, and, and have uh, Dear Mercedes leave you a two-minute message. Yeah, so so get your graduation comments ready. So so the funny thing is when that appeared on my screen last week and we were clowning me in the group chat about it, it's actually gone up $25 since I last saw it. I'll put, I put this into perspective, people. You can get that cameo or you can just wait a few months and go ahead and get that new PlayStation. And we're going to move on from that. <laughs> Back to the news at hand. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh um, yeah, each and every week we'll, we'll be doing a hollow cameo. That's our little fun segment where we just guess. Uh, we, we either put we, – we just figure out who's higher or lower between the person of interest for the night. So that's pretty much sums that up. So 
Um, we do have a couple of little things. I know we're going to be coming up on our time shortly enough, but we definitely want to come off, uh, uh, start talking about um, quickly Monday Night Raw, which went with air quotes, uh, a live crowd. Let's talk about the Pepsi Glass aspects, uh, initial thoughts of it. Um, do we see this as a, a workable method or just whatever quick reactions you got to it? And I'll throw this one right back to you, Jamal, first. It looks stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> the reason why the plexiglass works for hockey telecast is because the ice isn't reflective. It's it's a flat color of white and blue and whatever. Uh, the super reflective you know, in, uh, ring entrance, the ramp, has a video board. They have the two big video boards behind it, and all of this glare is happening around the screen. Also, it looks more like blood sport than, uh, <laughs> than a wrestling match. So that's also weird as well. But the weirdest part about it is, is that the audience seems so fake. You may not know a face. You may not know a voice. But you just know that McMahon has a laser trained on him. And he will press that button and they will fall through the floor and go ahead and, uh, you know, sharks will eat them. Because you, you better react, damn it. And it just seems so fake. It's 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 just really weird, and I hope that they tweak it a bit. Hockey spot initiated. Believe it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> who's going through the boards first? Who is going through that? Oh yeah, who's going to cross check through the boards? That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Mojo? We know he'll do something like that. Damien, you got any comments on this one? I actually enjoy it if it's not only just nxt people to jamal's point uh i actually want to see more banging on the boards like in hockey from the fans perspective uh to show that they're riled up uh if fans get allowed back into stadiums or arenas i wouldn't mind seeing that and seeing fans bang on it's better than them screaming what every five seconds so if anything that might be some sort of marketable improvement but yes the uh the the surface for hockey is a lot different than professional wrestling or other sports. So they would have to make it a little bit thinner at the very least for the, uh, for the shine, but alas, for a first try, you know what? It's, it, it worked for what it was. Just can we not show the rock's daughter every like five minutes? Just the same. <laughs> yeah. They're trying something, but uh, uh, the, I think, I think the jury's still out on this one. Cause I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't initially feeling, but again, they're, they're trying something. So I'll reserve thoughts for a little bit on that one. Anyway, talking about, we, we spent a lot talking about NXT and, um, in the first part of the show, something else I thought was really interesting that we should really, um, talk about before the end of the show is what, um, that's say we were talking about NXT and big show. I'm getting my thoughts all com- confused. Dynamite. We talked about AEW in the first part of the show. Something else I want to talk about really quick is what NXT are presented on uh, Wednesday. Now, we, 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 we both, you know, we all been kind of talking about what's going to get people to watch. What are they going to do different? What are new little tactics, strategies uh, that could bring fans back invested? Jamal, in a second, I'm going to be back to you about the numbers and just the analysis on that. But quickly to you, Will, uh, your thoughts about um, NXT on Wednesday, and obviously the main event that really went over well. Yes, the fight pit. The fight pit was something else and was definitely an attempt at bringing back an old match that we haven't seen in 20 years, but with a new twist. And I think the key ingredient was you had the right people in the match to make it work. So back in, you know, 99, they had the lion's den 
for uh, Ken Shamrock, and it was kind of like a inverted uh, deep fryer that they had set up <laughs> in, the, in the corner of the building, and it was a whole separate setup and with a little like thing around the top for the referee to be on. And it was interesting; they used it a few times. Then once Ken Shamrock was gone, they never used it again. So I guess with the MMA, you know, grappling backgrounds involved between Riddle and uh, Timothy Thatcher. They had the idea, hey, let's try and do a new take on this. But this time they built it on the ring. They took the ropes off. They put a big cage around it. They put the little scaffolding around the top again. They brought Kurt Angle in to referee it. And it was a spectacle. It was hard hitting as hell. Those two guys Mm -hmm. laid in the shots through the hard suplexes, did everything in their power to make that work as a unique main event on NXT. I thought it was a home run. I thought it was great. I saw a few people saying that they would like the idea of ditching the uh, standard cage match that WWE has been doing for years and do this instead. as kind of like a modernization of the cage match gimmick because just the regular cage match has been so watered down that it doesn't mean anything anymore. But they made this so different. It stood out so much more that I think it can really be something. Hopefully WWE doesn't beat it into the ground like they are known to do when they get a new toy and then there's the right thing. But I think the key was Riddle and Thatcher made this work. They were the right guys to be in that match. You need the right people to work in that environment. But I thought it was tremendous. I loved it. The fight pit gets a full thumbs up for me this week. Right on. Okay. So, uh, and, and Jamal, let's, let's, let's get those numbers up really fast. Um, what, 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 because, um, as interesting enough, you know, we know that AEW has been very, very consistent over the last several weeks. Uh, but it looks like NST jumped up a little bit. But go ahead with it. Um, yeah. So also about the, uh, the the cage match that wasn't a cage match, the fight pit. Uh, can't wait for Mansoor to um, to and versus, you know, someone. I can't wait for him to get in there. Uh, Saudi Arabia's big yeah, boy. No. <laughs> Where's the lie? Where's the lie? <laughs> so um, yeah, so the ratings came out earlier today, and uh, and both numbers are up: eight hundred twenty-seven thousand for um, AEW and seven hundred thirty-one thousand for NXT. Um, I guess the big question for me is: Should that the fight pit been at Takeover in your house? Hmm. Because I think that that is a pay-per-view level gimmick. That is something that they probably should have built up to a little bit more than kind of, I don't want to say wasting it, but wasting it on a regular, uh, you know, TV show um, that they really could have got some, because we haven't seen it before, Yeah, but, but we haven't seen this version in a while. But is that not the response that you want them to take, considering the fact that people are tuning out and they're going somewhere? So yeah, I mean everybody. The- everybody's watching, you know, JoJo Siwa. So it's, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And I think, I think realistically, both sides know that you know the ratings, you know, debate, you know, no matter what, if you add up all the numbers, there hasn't been a single week combined, combined that's done better than the worst Raw of this in the same period. Right. So. I don't know what it is about wrestling fans at Wednesdays or whether they're allergic or whatever the case is. JoJo Siwa's got Wednesdays on lock. But the bottom line is, is that there it's not like more fans are coming to watch wrestling because it's on Wednesday. So the numbers are kind of settled, and that's fine. But it's interesting to see that, you know, they came up with this new gimmick or a, a, a new take on an old gimmick, and they put it out for free. 
because the next time won't be a special unless it's Mansoor. Make it happen, Triple H. <laughs> He'll do a moonsault from the top of the lines then. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Um, so I think that that is you know, a bit interesting uh, that both of the ratings are up. Um, and it's interesting that we are approaching pre-lockdown pandemic numbers. You know, We're in that 800-something thousand range. Uh, for both sides. And, you know, if they bump it up a little bit more and a little bit more, it's interesting to see how that manifests because Mike Tyson uh, was on there and he's already on one because that T-shirt beat his ass last night. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. That's the big mystery now for next week because we don't know the ratings pattern yet. So was it Tyson that bumped up AEW or was it something else? I remember, I think everyone's going to assume it's Tyson and on NXT. Everyone's going to assume it was the fight pit, but we don't quite know that yet. And then when we come back here next week, what happens? Does it stay like this or does the bottom fall out again? So and then the, but the other side of that is what else happens in the world? Because right. are people so eager to get out at States open that they neglect their TVs altogether? Will yeah. the same amount of people watch TV anyway, if they had a choice, Will people just choose to not watch and turn the tube off and go out? Because it's ju- it's nine o'clock right now on the East Coast, but the bottom line is the sun just went down. Yep. Yeah. You, know, you don't, and, and you can always DVR it. So, right. Well, and the days are getting longer for the next month. Go ahead and jump in there, Sam. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the perspective I was going to come into because as you slowly, and I'm not trying to make a direct correlation with TV ratings and what I'm about to say. You're slowly seeing, you know, different states and everything, even though in the D.C. Mm-hmm. area, they're open up their, you know, their phase one or phase two for some areas, maybe phase three for, for others. I think, Damon, you guys are in phase three or four right now. We're about phase three going to phase four tomorrow. Yeah. As you, as you see life getting back to normal, you might see these numbers start to increase for NXT once it, or NXT and AEW, not making any direct correlation. But when you have things where I guess people are more relaxed and less tense about things, how they're going and not worrying about the news 24 seven, because you're seeing things getting better, you might open up to new program or to even old program, what we used to watch before this pandemic happens. So you're thinking like, maybe this may slide back up, but I'm not even sure if what these new ratings are supposed to be like when we first started, I think it was up to like the 1.3s and 1.4s for AEW when it first started, then it went down is going to a 1.5. Is that the new standard that they're trying to reach to, or is just getting above one, their new standard that they're trying to get to trying to get to. But the thing is you got to say on both sides, they are trying to create new content to try to get more interesting, like bringing in Tyson, like bringing in that cage match, um, like bringing in, like it or not, the TV title with the, the belt of how we ever feel about it. It's but gonna be defi- to- and it's going to be defended each and every week. So open, open exactly. challenge. Open challenge. So you're trying to bring in new content. And when you think about it, now with no, essentially a lot of new episodes of new TV is not coming on right now, but this is going to be the, something to watch during the summer, wrestling or any type of live sports as it comes back. Let, let me let me just piggyback off of you really quick. And I think basically what you're saying is that when the outside world opens to whatever the new norm is going to be, you have this practice of people getting back to a regular schedule. Everyone's sleep patterns definitely off, or at least mine is. But I would assume a lot of other people's are. But it's, yep. that, it's that idea of, of really exhausting yourself during the day 
coming home to relax for that eight o'clock spot, which is going to get more people, more butts and seats in that prime time hour to watch things. But now some people are like, well, I've been sitting down all day. I'm going to clock it out at this time and yeah. bada boom. So, but again, it, it's all speculation because the biggest question, like we've been saying for the last couple of weeks is where the hell are all the fans going? There's, there's a, a huge number of people that's not moving from one product to the other. So we know there's fans out there, but are people just clocking out early? Are people on their YouTube and Twitch Twitch thing all of a sudden who knows so you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that kind of happens once you know people are able to be more active or just functional during the day or whatever purpose they may have to come back home to that traditional seven to nine to ten o'clock hour of exactly. watching television so we'll see jamal i want to i want to go back to you really quick so you can wrap up the show for tonight um there's a couple of different other sports uh related news uh that we should cover before we uh get out of here Right. So um, let me just say the first thing for me, um, Rugby League is back in Australia. Thank God. And so is the uh, Australian Football League. So I will definitely be up at 4 a.m. to watch some footy. Um, my, my buddies, that's right. The team is the buddies and they play at uh, 555 tomorrow morning. So I will definitely be up for that. But it is, will be interesting to see what they both do go forward. Um, and actually I have some thoughts about AEW and both NXT and we can discuss it later, but yes, there are things because the country is open to back up and it is open to back up to foreigners, especially those that are deemed essential and the Homeland security, they have issued uh, new rules for foreigners that work in sports as sports reopen. And even though wrestlers, specifically haven't been mentioned as one of the pre-approved um, sports on Homeland Security's list to be let back in the country. Um, that list includes the NBA, NHL, WNBA, uh, golf, men's and women's, tennis, men's and women's. Um, you know, if you are on these, a member of these organizations and, and baseball too, you can come back. And I think it would be interesting to see who is a, uh, especially baseball, for example, because there's a lot of foreign nationals that play baseball. If you're not letting the Caribbeans back in, how are they going to get to their teams? If you're not letting in the Swedes and the Europeans that play in the NHL, how are they going to get back to the teams and in every other sport as well, especially the international ones, such as golf and tennis? Mm -hmm. It is a global game, and these are global uh, players. So, good. But Florida uh, Florida says wrestling is essential. So the thought is, is that you could allow wrestlers back into the country under the essential uh, guidelines that happen. Also, the U.S. and Canada um, and the Canadian, the uh, not Canadian, but the Mexican border will should open up back in June, uh, somewhere around the twenty second is the word right now. So the idea is that. Tessa Blanchard apparently is in, lives in Mexico. Um, uh, and Helico and Jack Evans, uh, Pentagon Jr., they're all in Mexico. Um, Pac is in England. Rio is in Japan. Jordan Devlin is in uh, somewhere in the UK. Um, so the, there's a bunch of people, big name talent. Uh, Bandito is in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Lee and Roosh, they're all in Mexico they can't come back into the country or have to follow strict rules if they do 14 day uh, quarantine and stuff like that. But quick, 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 quick question really quick. And so Kevin Owens, I, I'm pretty sure lives in Canada. He just, I really think Kevin can't. Owens lives in Florida. 
He's in Florida. Oh, yeah, okay. In Florida. Okay. I, okay. I want to say that like he's from Montreal, but I want to say that he and his you know family moved to Florida when he got the NXT job. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. I was just wondering. I want to say I heard and that, that somewhere. And, and, and yeah, and, the, and since you throw our names, and obviously everybody that is in Canada who's stuck, like the North and so on. So Right. Ethan Page is, you know, in in um in Canada. Um so, I mean, so there are and you know, even like independent talent, because AEW has been using a lot of independent talent. Mm-hmm. It would be great to see if they could fly in or get some people in and obviously make it towns as part of the job. Could they get some people in? Well, not if you're outside of the country. So mm-hmm. that's really hampered everyone everywhere and getting that back to normal as quickly as possible is what's going to happen. So do expect to see more people added to the rosters as the rosters get back to normal, certainly in the uh, team sports first uh, wrestling will trickle down a little bit later. So it's going to be a very interesting June as the country opens back up. Um, The last thing uh, that I have is from Jim Ross who gave a, an interview with the Wrestling Observer Live, and he talked about AEW running house shows. The interesting thing to me is that Ross says, and I quote, you can't get better working one night a week. doesn't matter who you are. There's some minor exceptions, like Chris Jericho doesn't need to work three or four days a week, but he can be great working on Wednesdays. A lot of guys need to continue to work with their coaches and other AEW staff to continue to learn the fundamentals, primarily slowing down, using psychology, and selling. We knew that they weren't going to have AEW, weren't going to have house shows going in. And a year later, the talk is, is that if things were normal, had gone according to plan, they would have run a house show, uh, some kind of house show circuit. Mm-hmm. What would you want that to look like? Because I think part of the appeal of AEW is that there's no other way to consume their content other than. Tuesday on YouTube, Wednesday on TNT, and the occasional quarterly pay-per-view. Does a house show water down their product? Because the internet, of course, because the internet, will give the details to that effect. So what do you think? Should they run house shows, or should they just train behind the scenes? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say just train behind the scenes. Um, Sometimes more is not better. And in this case, with AEW still tread slowly because you don't want to do things too fast. Um, so I would say just train behind the scenes. They probably can have some facility that Khan can open up for them just for that. Um, but I don't, I don't think house shows at this time should be good for them. Yeah, the trick, of course, right now is they're, everyone's behind the eight ball with barely yep. anyone running live events. Right. And before they were even talking about house shows, the whole idea all along with AEW was that like, yeah, they're only going to need you on Wednesday. So you could take indie bookings if you want to over the weekend. So people would have opportunities to work in other environments. But by that same token, it kind of goes back to what eventually happened with the WWE developmental system where it becomes – hey, we don't necessarily want our guys working on these random shows and who knows what kind of ring in what kind of environment against who knows what kind of opponent. We want to have some more. If we're going to be investing our money in these guys and give them a contract, we want to have some more control over them and make sure they're protected and make sure they're where we want them. So there's something to be said for both ways of going about it. If we get back to normal and live events start happening – It really comes down to can AEW make it work in some way where it'd be financially, you know, viable for them to run house shows, to run live events in some kind of small capacity where they could make money doing it. Also, obviously, further promote the the brand 
in that way. So it's more than just a one a week thing. And I think the key would surely be having live events that would get people's interest to want to go out and see a show that you know is not going to be on TV, but you're going to see, see the AEW stars. So maybe kind of like, I think the key would be presenting it as something that's kind of like an indie show, but like a souped up indie show with better production, but probably still like the intimacy of you get to meet the stars, you get to shake their hands afterwards, you get to get a Polaroid or something with them. Some kind of balancing like that where it has the intimacy of the indies, but the production levels of a better thing like an NXT or a WWE product. So I think it could be done, but we're a long way from that happening. So maybe an option would be sort of how Evolve is a feeder system for NXT. Would AEW have to purchase a smaller indie for them to be the feeder system and have their talent go there to either work or meet fans? Why spend money when you got people already ready to just jump ship anyway? I mean, (laughs) if if everybody they've been using came from one place, it would be the same thing. You know what I mean? I don't think they to need have that as the licensing is what I mean to use that as your training ground, your NXT. I mean, AEW. Uh, Jamal, what, what was the name of the the promotion uh, in China that they were promoting before this even got started? Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. That's right. I remember that. O-O-W. That disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I think that they tried that method. I I, I mean, I, I don't think they necessarily need to spend money on something like that. And again, much like Will said, the model was still there. Just the pandemic said, you know, we we got other plans for this year. I, I, I think if anything, you know, fans don't care what it is. If you <laughs> if you if you run open gym Ooh. and let their people, you know, do some practice workouts, whatever it may be, I, I don't know. A uh, little, uh, oh. what, what do you call them? Um, combine, you, like a combine, no, not combine. What, what do you call uh, like pickup matches? I can't even think of the I name of it right now. It's it's a name for um it starts with ass. I can't forget why I can't think of it. Scrimmage? A scrimmage, yes. Okay. Run, like run matches. Scrimmages in sports. Just yes, have access to fans. Thank you. Right. Just run a quick match. Don't have it recorded, but have people look, you know, oh. work their spots and stuff like that. That'd be I mean, hey, it, and essentially you go to some indie indie shows, it's the same thing, you know. Right. But just open it up for a few fans. People will spend money, let people get an opportunity to buy some merch if it is, have people have their stuff out. Just you know, do something like that. Fans will come. If the fans are going out there now to Jacksonville, traveling and everything, you're sure to go to an open gym little uh thing like that. Or hell, run seminars <laughs> for all of that. So there's, there's options. There's <laughs> options to keep people fresh within their home uh within their home base so so what day of the week would you run that monday monday or tuesday i mean what you gotta be in town wednesday so monday or tuesday okay or or, or thursday one or the oh, other whatever whatever night maybe. that they do um whatever night they do you know, yeah, Dark. because inevitably when the indies reopen like you said earlier thursday through sunday a lot of talent's going to be booked for other promotions so mm-hmm, that's why right. i figured to ask that question Right, right. So yeah, I think my thoughts. For me, I think what they need to do is still continue to grow the brand, and growing the brand still happens traditionally. They have a show on YouTube, that's cool, but that only really attracts the actual fans. Yeah, they have the the presence on TNT, that's cool, but it's not like they're advertising AEW nonstop on CNN. Um, we we haven't seen like. The Joker make an appearance, or Sammy Guevara isn't in a Mortal Kombat game <laughs> yet. Don't be surprised if that happens. Mortal Kombat owned by Warner Brothers. Just take a bump if he's in. Right. <laughs> <Jamal. laughs> 
But, yeah. you know, don't be surprised if we see the Inner Circle DLC in Mortal Kombat 12. Or the Dark but Order. I would, I would love that. Um, <laughs> but, but the idea is they still need to grow the brand. And even though they have done incremental things to grow the footprint of the brand, they do sell a lot of T-shirts, fine. But they don't have a video game. They don't have a comic book series. They, they have a podcast, but that's the YouTube-based thing. So they've done some things for free to grow the brand. Like it doesn't cost them anything to put the podcast on YouTube. It doesn't cost them anything to put the podcast on Spotify. It doesn't cost them anything to uh, tape extra show, extra matches um, before and after the show for dark. Um, so what they own the buildings that they work in and, and that's all those things are good, but they're still not growing the brand. And same thing with NXT. NXT is kind of in its own vacuum. We don't really see it outside of, that thing, except for alternative content on the video game. But NXT doesn't really have a president in the WWE footprint. And I think that for AEW to grow the brand, they really, really, really need to get out there in other avenues. And honestly, the best way to do that is the traditional route and have more opportunity for fans to get eyes on shows. Yeah, and look, so, it's a it's, it's it's a good time with the with the HBO Max thing, AT and T. Above that, there's a lot of interesting possibilities uh, that can go with them. So um, I definitely agree, yeah. and it's just we'll we'll have to kind of see how this plays out um, as they go into year two uh, of AEW. Something I want to throw in real quick, since you mentioned HBO Max, the first thing that occurred to me when I saw all that branding on Wednesday on the ring, on the turnbuckles, and just how hard they were pushing HBO Max, the very first thing that jumped out at me was like, that's where their pay-per-views need to be. Mm. They need to get them on HBO Max. That's Mm. where they need to drop the pay-per-views, get them on HBO Max as part of the subscription. That, to me, that's the goal. Oh, my goodness. I have no no kind of knowledge, but that was the first thing that occurred to me. I was like, that would be premium content for that damn subscription service. Mm. And get them around the idea that they don't have enough content for their own separate network. Mm -hmm. So you have it on there. Mm -hmm. I disagree. Just an idea. I I, I disagree. And the reason why is because there's not enough fans. It's not like we're talking about a footprint of 50 million social media users or something like that that where AEW can bring to this brand. Their footprint isn't big enough. So I think for the money-wise, charging 30, you know, 100,000 times 50 bucks is different than 175,000 or 150,000 plus times $10. And for that money, it's probably better for them to have a pay-per-view. What they should do is have like a recap show, maybe like a WCW Worldwide type of a show where they go over the weekend review in a 90-minute HBO weekly updated HBO Max thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they already they are dark is already 90 minutes for no reason. You tell <laughs> me they couldn't put two max two matches and produce a thing hosted by Jen Jen uh, Sturger for 90 minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean for for an uh, for an hour or so for HBO Max. That's what you do now, but you can't give away. They don't have the they don't have the history to give away pay-per-views yet. Mm. Okay. Good point. But yeah, I, I think it, to, to, to kind of well, both of you guys' points and wrap this up for the night. Um, original content on HBO Max. They need subscribers. They got the platform. They're trying to build this as a legitimate competitor with Disney Plus and other apps. Um, I would love to see TNT as a whole make a people to move with some type of original content for HBO Max as DC Universe is doing so. 
Um, Cartoon Network is doing so. Uh, so you know, it's 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 there. And you're talking about expanding. I would love to see what possibilities they have uh, with that. But yes, that is going to wrap up episode 272 of the Big Go Bell Podcast. We will back each and every Thursday. Catch us live on our YouTube at BGB Group. And all updates can be found on www.biggoldbeltgroup.com. And for all the people that's listening to this podcast, get your get the weekly podcast on all of your audio podcast platforms. Um, and it will be available Thursday nights or Friday morning, whenever producer gets it done. Producer looking at myself in the mirror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Wait>, <laughs> low, low, low budget podcast, people. <laughs> but nonetheless, thank you always for supporting us. And again, everybody stay safe, stay positive, And we'll see you guys next week.